0: Welcome to Hope Is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope Is Here. My name is Greg Horn, and I want to talk to you today about remember. Remember what, you say? Well, I want you to remember about all the times that God has answered prayers in your life. We've been in the middle of kind of a series we've been doing. It started in mid-October and been carrying it through November Uh, now into December, uh, based off a book called After Amen, What Do You Do When You're Waiting on God? It's a wonderful book written on prayer by Rusty George, and I've been sharing some of the thoughts from that wonderful book written about three years ago, and also just what God's kind of taught me about prayer uh, in my 40-plus years of being a follower of Jesus and had some really good feedback on those pro- programs. We've been just doing those on Monday and Tuesday over the past several weeks. So if you missed some of those, I really encourage you to go to our website, hopeisheretoday.org. That's hopeisheretoday.org. But want to kind of recap, maybe if you haven't been with us over the past uh, seven weeks, uh, we've kind of been taking some points of action from the teachings of Jesus in the Bible about after we say amen, after we've prayed, the first thing we talked about is working while we wait. Um, being When we're waiting on God to answer a prayer, it's not an inactive season of life, but we, we need to be working while we're waiting for God to answer a prayer. Secondly, aligning our prayers with the why. You know, why are we praying? And we've been kind of talking about that, you know, everything that Jesus came for, it was to advance the kingdom of God. That was the why for him. And do our prayers um, you know, do they include some of that? You know, the why? Is it just self-centered or are we our prayers God-centered? Third thing is the doing the next right thing. You know, sometimes the reason God is waiting to answer our prayer is there's been something He's been asking us to do for a while, and we just kind of put it on the back burner, or maybe you're like me, sometimes we procrastinate because it maybe it's a little bit outside of our comfort zone. Uh, one week, we talked about yielding the how. You know, sometimes when we pray, we not only pray and ask God or something, we got to tell him how he should answer it. <laughs> uh, anybody guilty of that besides me? Saying, so, you know, God, I like your helping this, and here's how I'd like for you to answer this prayer. And just yielding the how to God. And uh, we we just trust that, uh, you know, his ways are higher than our ways, as Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9 talks about. Then uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about sharing the last 10%. Sharing the last 10%. You know, in other words, just being gut honest with God. Sometimes in our relationships, we just share 90% of what uh, we're really thinking because we want to protect somebody's feelings. And, you know, there is wisdom in that sometimes. It really is. But, um, you know, God wants us to be just brutally honest with him and share what we're thinking, what we're feeling. He's a big God. He can handle it. And man, sometimes that's why God's waiting to answer a prayer. He's like, you know, I really want a real authentic relationship with you. So I want to encourage you this week to, you know, make your prayers just real and share that last 10%. Then the one that was probably the most difficult for me to share and maybe for our listeners to hear, or if you're watching on our YouTube channel, I want to remind you we have a YouTube channel. Simply go to YouTube, type in Hope is Here, and my name, Greg Horn, H-O-R-N, and uh, you'll be able to find uh, videos of most of the podcasts sometimes i have technical challenges not my area of expertise like last week unfortunately thought i was uh videoing uh, the programs and then when i got home that night to post them uh, and share them nothing was there so uh, anybody been there besides me on that so gotta love that happens but we talked about last week about talking about running through i'm sorry two weeks ago talking about running through the checklist in other words, you know, we shared some things—seven things. Seven things. Uh, it's not an exhaustive list, but sometimes there's reasons why God won't answer our prayers, and doesn't mean that He doesn't love us, okay? But there's just reasons why He won't answer because of things that in our life, starting with sin. Uh, maybe you're in a marriage and uh, you know you're not treating your spouse well, and not a God honoring situation, and uh, just a simple list of seven simple things based from the Bible about sometimes why God says, you know no or, or not now and then we talked about the preparing along the way uh, preparing along the way last week and basically just saying you know sometimes god is working in our lives or maybe even other people's lives before he can answer that prayer request after we say amen So I really hope that you've been able to catch all these programs over the past seven Mondays and Tuesdays. Uh, We've just been really focusing on that. What do we do when we're waiting on God? Uh, All these are based from the Bible and teachings of Jesus. And hope that you uh, will check those out. If you missed some of those, maybe share them with somebody. Remind you, there's podcasts of all these programs, either on our website or whatever platform uh, you listen to podcasts on. But, you know, kind of a foundational saying that we've had for doing this series is a quote by Corrie Tim Boom, a, a, a just courageous woman of faith that uh, was waiting on God to answer her prayers while she was in a constant, a Nazi concentration camp back in World War II. And she has this quote. She said, you know, is your prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? I'll say it one more time. Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Ouch. And, you know, we don't say that, friends, to condemn anybody. But, you know, if we're honest, sometimes the only time we pray is when it's a 911 situation. God, I need help. And yet, through this series, we've not been trying to condemn anybody uh, not really even convicting. God does convict us sometimes, okay? But just trying to encourage you that, you know, God, just like when you get in the car, put your hands on the steering wheel, you have to do that to drive, that you just start including God in your everyday life. And maybe we get in the car in the morning. If you're able to drive, then when you put your hands on the steering wheel, you just say, God, I want to invite you to be a part of my life today. I want us to have an ongoing conversation. I want you to show me where you're working. I want to join you in that. God, give me ears to hear where you're working, eyes to see, and maybe words to speak if if needed. And so, you know, but sometimes after we've done maybe these things that we've listed before, these seven things, and, you know, you've, allowed, you've aligned with the why, and you're working while you're waiting, and you've even given up the how you think God should pray, and you've shared that last 10 percent, uh, you're in the process of doing the next right thing, and Uh, But the longer you wait, you're discovering that the answer you're looking for may not be a yes or a wait, but possibly a no. Mm. So what do we do? What do we tend to do when we're waiting on God is turning into a no from God. Since Jesus is not a magic wand or a genie, but rather he's God with a plan, we sometimes don't exactly get what we ask for, do we? So how do you live with that? How do you find the faith to pray again? What do we do when the waiting on God is turning into a no from God? Well, a couple things that uh, Rusty George talks in his book, After Amen, and that (laughs) I've seen in my own life at times. One is uh, sometimes we throw a fit. You know, we throw a fit. Yes, unfortunately, that does sound childish, doesn't it? I mean, we've seen our kids do this. We've seen other people's kids do this. Reminds me of the story of a man pushing his young son in a grocery cart through a store. Every aisle they went down led to more demands from the little boy. Every time the father said no or tried to redirect the child's attention, the son would throw a fit, screaming, crying, lashing out. Quietly, the father would whisper, It's okay, Patrick. We're almost done. This happened multiple times. And every time the father would say, it's okay, Patrick, we're almost done. Finally, when they were heading out of the store, another customer who had witnessed all of this took a moment to encourage the father. He said, I just want to say, I admire how patient you were with your son, Patrick. The exhausted father looked at the customer and said, oh, his name isn't Patrick, mine is. (laughs) Oh, is that great? And man, we've all been there sometimes, right? We got to just talk ourselves through challenging situations. Oh, So got to ask you today: Have you ever thrown a fit with God? I have. I mean, begging, pleading, threatening, listing off all that I've done right, and all that uh, other person or other people haven't, uh, you know, done, and looking at things maybe that I haven't done wrong, and. You know, I've been, unfortunately, occasionally, even maybe thrown somebody under the bus in my fit uh, that I've been thrown with God while I'm waiting on an answer for prayer or when I've been told no. I mean, you know, God, come on, look how, how much better I am than they are. Why do you seem to answer their prayers and not mine? The second way that I react sometimes, and maybe you can relate to this, when uh, God says no, um, I like to play the blame game. Anybody else like to play the blame game besides me? You know, sometimes we blame ourselves. I messed this up. It's all my fault. I must have done something wrong. We go over that checklist time and time again. God, did I miss something? Sometimes we blame others. I have faith, but you must not. It's all your fault. I'm the only one pulling the spiritual weight in this house. We tend to think that if only our families would pray more or go to church with us or get their acts together, then God would answer our prayers. But I think if we're honest, mostly we blame God. How could you do this? It causes us sometimes to even question the very nature of God. Think of one of the earliest prayers that many of us learn. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. So we say to God, does your no mean that you are not able to act, and thus you are not great? Or does your no mean you are not willing, and thus you are not good? You know, the writers of Psalms, they kind of did their share of this also. Psalm 85, verses 5 and 7 says, Will you be angry with us always? Will you prolong your wrath to all generations? Won't you revive us again so your people can rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. So, where is God when I wait? And where is God when I get a no? David will write other Psalms about waiting, and it's interesting that he often follows up wait with the word hope. Psalm chapter 33, verses 20 through 22 says, We wait and hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Then in Psalm 27, verse 14, it says, Wait and hope for and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage, and let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. You know, actually, the word wait in that verse in Psalm 27, verse 14, means hopeful expectation. While he may not have had hope that he'll get what he wants, he still does not lose hope. You know, this is kind of like a bit, a little bit like waiting for a friend at the airport. You drive there, you circle the airport, waiting on a text saying, we've landed. But you hear nothing. Eventually, you park and go inside. You see on the board that the flight is delayed, but it is on its way. So you wait. You have not lost hope. But let's say that they reroute your friend to another airport due to some bad weather where you are. Now you have to wait another day. Or let's say they show up by Uber or by uh, you going to get them. You still have hope that you will see them. You are turning hopeless waiting into waiting hopefully. Friends, I think the key today is to turn hopeless waiting into waiting hopefully in our lives. You know, Romans chapter 15, verse 13, is a verse that we base the foundation of this ministry. Hope is here. When we started it, we're celebrating our sixth anniversary this month, and we give God all the praise and glory for that that went over 100,000 downloads last week. Oh, my goodness. But I close today's program with Romans 15, verse 13. It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening. Hope you'll join us again tomorrow. My name's Greg Horn, and this is Hope Is Here. Thank you for listening to Hope is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today. That's hopeishere.today. If you have been blessed by Hope Is Here, would you consider making a donation to help this ministry continue to reach thousands in Central Kentucky every day? It's simple and safe. Go to our website at hopeishere.today where you can make a safe and secure online donation or you can find our address to mail a check. All donations are tax deductible and they are greatly appreciated. Please make your donation today at hopeishere.today. Again that's hope is here. dot today